Thanks for listening to our Legacy Church podcast. We hope that today's message helps you in your walk with Christ and you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. Today, I want to speak to us about decisions. Decisions. Your life is filled with decisions. Every day we are faced with decisions that we have to make. Even this morning, believe it or not, you've probably already made hundreds of decisions from deciding to hit the snooze button once, twice, five times, six times. I know some of you probably hit it like ten times. Is that you? To having breakfast, what do I eat today? What do I have cereal? Do I have oatmeal? Do I have bacon, eggs, cheese? Do I have waffles? Do I have pancakes? Do I have it all? <laughs> or do I have none? But we're faced with decisions. We're faced with decisions about our families. We're faced with decisions about our marriages. We're faced with decisions about our children. We're faced with decisions. What do I do tomorrow? What do I do the next day? What do I do this year? Life is a series of decisions. And some decisions you are able to make, and other decisions are out of your control. Isn't this true? Like, I know that when my kids were growing up, I didn't make all the decisions. My wife made a lot of decisions. One of the decisions that she made was to bring a gerbil into the house. Now, I would never make that decision because... Who would bring a rat into their house? I bring a rat exterminator into my house, but she brings a gerbil. But I did make the decision to have her find the receipt and bring the gerbil back because she brought a gerbil home that was having seizures. And I said, I am not going to spend a penny bringing this gerbil to the vet, hundreds of dollars, you know, having all kinds of testing and putting the thing on phenobarbital and, you know. I said, Lori, do they ch- take gerbils back? Can you get your money back? You know, do, you have, do they take the gerbil back with a receipt? And the funny story is she did bring the gerbil back. She got another gerbil. <laughs> Again, not my decision. There's some decisions. Husbands, it's true. Some decisions you are not allowed to make. And so she brings another gerbil home, and within a couple of days, the gerbil disappears. Slips out of the cage. We have no clue where the gerbil is. And it was at a time where we were building the Smithfield campus of the church, and uh, we were getting ready for the grand opening, and we were there very late, my wife and I. We were cleaning the floors, and uh, we were washing the floors in the entry and making it very pretty for everybody to come the next day, and we were going to cut the ribbon. And so we got home. It was about two o'clock in the morning. And uh, we had no clue where the gerbil was missing for four days. And we're trying to go to sleep. And all of a sudden, I hear some sound rustling. I said, do you hear that? She says, yeah. She says, where's that coming from? So I'm searching the house. And I go into our bathroom. And we had this tub. And I see the pillow. Had a pillow, you know, one of those inflatable pillows. The pillow's moving. I says, oh, my goodness, can the gerbil be in the pillow? And the gerbil was in the pillow. And, um, and I'm saying, how do I get this gerbil out of the pillow? 
So I get the, the, the pillow, and I'm shaking the pillow, and all of a sudden this gerbil comes out. It's been stuck in this pillow. This gerbil was demonically possessed. <laughs> now, I don't know if it was because it was 2.30 in the morning, but this thing that was this big looked like it was this big. It stands up on its hind legs and starts hissing at me. Ah! And I'm like, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. I said, what am I going to do? And every time I tried to pick it up, I tell you, it wanted to rip my face off. And so I go get my gloves. I put my, my, uh, my big winter gloves on. My wife's laughing hysterically. Make a long story short, because I, I'm thinking some of you are thinking, boy, this guy is heartless, you know. But make a long story short. We got this gerbil, finally got it in a, in a box. I put my, 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 uh, my winter jacket on because I didn't want it to attack me. And I got this gerbil put in a box. And at 3 in the morning, I'm driving to the Autobahn Society in Smithfield, and I released the gerbil. Released the gerbil. Now, why do I say all that? I have no clue. I have no clue. But life is built on decisions. <laughs> Good decisions <laughs> and bad decisions. Life is built on decisions. Good decisions and bad decisions. Listen, good decisions elevate your life. Bad decisions deteriorate your life. Ultimately, every decision that you make in life will be influenced and impacted, and life will be impacted by what you do about Jesus. 2,000 years ago, Jesus asked his disciples this question. Let's turn to Matthew 16, 13 through 17. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, means the Messiah, the anointed one. You are the son of the living God. Jesus replied, listen, he said, blessed are you. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by the Father in heaven. This is a question every person you hear today have had to answer this question, or maybe you're in the process of answering this, this question, who will Jesus be to you? Will he just be a religious figure? Will he be a statue in your house? Will he be a far-off God? Will he just be a story in a book that we've never read? Who will Jesus be to you? And every person, by the power of the Holy Spirit, will be faced with this question. God will come and directly, like you're hearing today, you're hearing a direct message of the gospel, or maybe you're flicking through channels and there's a direct message of the gospel being spoken to you, or if you're flicking through the radio station, all of a sudden you stop, and the Holy Spirit's speaking to you about this person named Jesus, about this God named Jesus. Maybe a friend or family member will come through inspiration of the Holy Spirit and directly face you off with this question, who will Jesus be to you? Sometimes it's indirectly. You know, now more than ever, Muslims are turning to Jesus Christ. 
in countries where you are not allowed to speak the name of Jesus or they will kill you. You think it's hard being a Christian here. Go to some of these countries where Christianity is flourishing. In China, there's churches in every community, underground churches. In Russia, there's underground churches because the church in Russia is a government church. It's a socialist church. See, the government wants to take control of everything. They'll let you have a church, but they run the church. They tell you what to say, what you can't say. Beware of deception, even in these days in this country. Awaken to the notion of how the demonic works. But even indirectly, in the Muslim nations, what's happening is Jesus is appearing to people in dreams. And you say, well, that's far-fetched. It's happening. And Muslims are turning to Christ where they won't maybe not be able to turn on the TV and hear about Jesus, but the Lord himself is appearing to people in dreams. You say, that's crazy. When I was 21 years old, when I did not believe I was a humanist, before anyone, I didn't know of any Christians. There was no Christians in my life. Before anyone mentioned the name of Jesus to me, I had a dream. Jesus appeared to me in a dream. That caused me to awaken to the notion, can this be real? Could this have been him? It shook me to my core. And I look back and say, that was a visitation of God because my whole life was transformed by that one dream. God will appear to everybody in one form or another. In the Bible, it says in the last days, in Acts 2.17, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. I declare that over these children being dedicated. They will be in a time where they will need to prophesy to the earth. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. See, your decisions will reflect your belief system. How you make decisions reflects your belief system. Who Jesus really is to you, really is to you, your trust in him will affect your decisions. How you live, how you give, how you act, how you react. How you live, how you give, how you act, how you react equals your faith. Your true faith can be measured by how you live, how you give, how you act, and how you react. And all these things are based upon the decisions that you make every day of your life. And let me say this, the two greatest decisions that a man or woman can make in their lives is, number one, making a decision, who is Jesus really to you? Who is he really to you? And number two, the greatest decision is, who is the church? What is the church to you? Who is Jesus to you and belonging to his church are the two of the greatest decisions, most impactful decisions. I've been on this earth quite a long time now. It's getting longer as the days go on. And I can honestly say when I look at people's lives and I see their individual lives and I see their marriages and I see their kids and I see their kids' kids and I see their financial situations and I see all aspects of life, I can honestly say there's nothing that has such a more powerful, positive, supernatural impact on a person's life, a marriage, on their children, on their children's children, than these two decisions that they make. Who is Jesus to me, to my marriage, 
to my family, to my kids. And number two is where do I go to church? There's nothing more powerful. There's nothing that brings, it, brings the blessings of God greater than these two decisions. Jesus said to Peter, blessed are you because of this decision that you have made of who I am to you. It's so powerful. You know, we're seeing today, we're, you know, the, the news, Bob Kraft's all over the news. And, um, and then the rapper um, R. Kelly is all over the news. And it's such a big thing. You know, it's such a big thing. Their sins are such a big thing. But really, before we come to Christ, all the decisions that we make are already programmed into us. They're programmed into our thought processes, our emotions, our memories, by all the experiences of our life and by the sinfulness of this world. It's no surprise. It's nothing new what's happening. It's a depiction of society. It's a depiction of who we are without Jesus, who we are without the help of his bride, the church. It's nothing unusual that we're seeing, you know? And it's, it's interesting. You got the, the, those, you know, who, who are sinners pointing to the sinners, you know? But the decisions that these men are making are decisions that we all make before Christ. This is what Jesus saves us from. See, I want to say to Bob Kraft, Jesus died for you. I met Bob Kraft. You know where I met him? In our church. We had put on a, a funeral for Dick Rabine, who was one of the coaches of the Patriots. And so they came to our facility in Smithfield. I met with the um, chaplain of the team, and they asked, could we use your buildings? And we said, you know, Pastor Steve said, absolutely. And we watched these buses pull up. It was the Giants. The Giants happened to be in town. Dick Rabine was a Christian. He was a born-again Christian. He was a coach of the Patriots, very respected coach. He was a Christian. And so his wife wanted to have a, a Christian service. And so we let them use our facility. And Dick Rabine, before he went to the Patriots, he worked for the Giants. And isn't it so interesting that the Giants happened to be in town when Dick Rabine died? So he had both the teams that he worked for were in town. And so we saw buses pull up to our church facility. The Giants getting out of their buses, the Patriots getting on, out of their buses. These giant, talking about giants, they're all giants. These giant guys all walking into the church. The Giants on one side, the Patriots on the other. Bob, Bob Kraft was there. You know, everybody was there. And, um, and the gospel was preached. The anointing was in the church. You know, that was the year that the Patriots, the first time, won the Super Bowl. And we said it was because they were under the anointing of God. They came to the right church. <laughs> but I think back, and that's only when I saw this on the news, I said, God gave Bob Kraft, and probably many, many times, all these people. God gives us all an opportunity for our lives to change. We can't change without Jesus. We can't change without the supernatural presence of the Holy Spirit. We can't change 
Without the help of the church, it's impossible. Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's what Jesus said. In 2 Corinthians, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, when we come to Christ, the new creation has come. The old you can only be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus. The old is gone, the new is here. You know, the Bible refers to Jesus as the chief cornerstone, which when, you know, they built these absolute amazing buildings, you know, you go all over Europe, you see these buildings made of giant blocks of stone, right? Churches, unbelievable. Well, these buildings were all started by what they called the cornerstone. It was the beginning. It was the stone that had to be absolutely perfectly designed. Everything aligned to that cornerstone. If the cornerstone wasn't set right, if it wasn't prepared right, if it wasn't aligned right, the whole building would be affected by it. It's a picture of our lives. If Jesus is not the cornerstone, if it's not what we build our lives on, if it's not the foundation, if it's not the most important thing in our lives, your life ends up being like a mess, right? See, if you allow God to tear down the old sinful structures of your life and be your cornerstone, your decisions will change. And as your decisions change, your life changes. Psalm 37, 4 says, do what the Lord wants and he will give you the desires of your heart. It's a promise from God. Do what the Lord wants and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, that's why, you know, the church is so important. Because Jesus is the cornerstone and the church is the construction site where God rebuilds your life. This is the construction site where our lives are rebuilt. The church is where you learn God's ways, where you get the blueprints for your life. You know, you think a building is complex. Look at a life. We go through life without blueprints. Without this, we have no clue what we're doing. And then what we do is we blame everybody else. It's because you don't have blueprints in your life. Who's giving you blueprints? The church provides skilled workers to help you rebuild your life. That's good news. That's good news. Let me tell you something. I, I am not skilled when it comes to carpentry, you know, electrical. Some guys in this church, they just can do everything, you know. I'm not good at it, you know. It's like if you say, hey, can you drill a hole? Yeah, I can drill a hole, but it won't be a good hole. (laughs) Oh, how hard is it to drill a hole? I don't know, but I can't drill holes, you know. (laughs) So God brings us to a place where there's skilled workers to help us rebuild our lives And then the church is where you get to enjoy your new life. And it's also a place where now you begin to use your life to help others. And that's where there's tremendous fulfillment. That's where your gifts are honed. That's where you start realizing, wow, there is a purpose for my life. There is meaning for me. 
Thanks for listening today. We pray you are blessed by our Legacy Church podcast and hope to see you soon at our church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform at Legacy Church RI. Have a blessed week.